Hey, did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier located in Mondovi? Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. From cows to horses to pigs and even chickens. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed, your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country Feed and Seed, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. That's bluffcountryfs.com. Hey, good morning in western Wisconsin and central Wisconsin and uh, wherever you are, northern Wisconsin, uh, in Minnesota, Iowa. Glad to have you along as we've got chores to do this morning here on Wax. Kind of cold out there again. Most everybody around the state except Milwaukee is below zero. We'll talk about that. But it is changing. By Tuesday, it looks like 40 degrees for the high. So cold today and then uh, 20s for the weekend through Monday and then as we said, about uh, oh, 40 or so on Tuesday, and that's good to hear. Well, we're uh, with you for the chores. Bob and Jill this morning, we were down at the uh, Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells for the uh, Corn Soy Pork Expo yesterday, and that's the first time you've ever been in that building, right? Yes, it is. The what? place is huge. I know. You can get a lot of cattle and hay in there, can't you? <laughs> you bet. Man, oh, man. Now, yeah, if you haven't been to the... If you're going to the Dells, just uh, go park and walk through the convention area. It is absolutely humongous. It uh, used to be big, and now it is bigger. reminds me of a Las Vegas convention center almost. It is so big, and unbelievable activities go on there. We didn't have a chance to do much other than go to the meetings, but a good meeting yesterday. Yeah, it was. I went to the Pork, pork Producers Annual Meeting. A lot of information handed out. Yeah, we got the results from uh, corn and soybeans and all that that we'll pass along and some interviews that we'll share as we go along in the future days with some of our soybean growers and uh, Sean Conley. And uh, we visited with Jordan Lamb, and she is an attorney, of course, and is a lobbyist for pork producers, soybean growers, and other organizations. What's going on in the state legislature? What bills are up we got about three or four weeks before the legislature wraps up for the year and what she's hoping to get done and we'll talk about that with her too as the uh as the days go along and uh, hopefully today <laughs> been so darn busy we've got uh, the section one district speaking contest results we got district one in yesterday we'll get district two and three from section one in today hopefully what else we got to do well, we've got to check up on some of the current events. We've right. got some oh, activities right. and yeah, what, stuff alumni, going on. FFA alumni heading to Rothschild today, right? Yep. FFA alumni has their 50th anniversary of their convention, and they've got a lot of activities planned. Boy, oh boy, yeah. FFA alumni in Wisconsin now 50 years old, so they'll be in Rothschild today and tomorrow. Lots of fun activities, and, of course, the, the Corn Soy Pork Producers Meeting will wrap up later today in the uh, Wisconsin Dells, Kalahari region. So, again, lots going on as uh, we get involved in all kinds of things here in the world of agriculture. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, let's take a look at our weather forecast. Our weather on Wax this morning, as always, brought to you by Marquardt Motors. And, hey, a heads up. Marquardt Motors is hiring right now. They want to hire a metal technician in their high-volume auto body shop. So if you've got those kind of skills, get a hold of them. Marquardt Motors offers a competitive salary 
with a generous benefit package. Apply in person or call MarkwartMotors.com. Again, they're looking for a metal technician in their auto body shop. Weather kind of cold again today. Everybody's below zero. Looks like mostly single digits below zero. Uh, minus six in Medford, minus three in Rice Lake. Wausau, one of the cool spots at minus eight this morning. It'll warm up to about 11 above. Tomorrow, 21. Cloudy, kind of breezy tomorrow. 21 on Sunday, 25 on Monday. And on Tuesday, we're looking for about uh, 41. Partly sunny, maybe a chance of some snow showers today. Not much more than that. Right now, it's minus five. It is. Luke Bryan, rain is a good thing. You just ask those guys who are trying to farm out west because it is severely dry, as we told you yesterday. Oklahoma, Texas, Colorado, Kansas, the high plains. It is dry, dry, dry. Lots of drought out there, so rain is a good thing, and they'd love to see summer snow so it can melt into uh, some needed moisture. Once again, 5 below in Eau Claire, looking for 11 above today. Tuesday, get about 40. We can hardly wait. It's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's see what's going on. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby says the death of the top leader of ISIS dealt a significant blow to the terrorist group. Haji Abdullah was a very hands-on leader. Um, and uh, involved in in many day-to-day operations of ISIS. Kirby also told reporters that there were no U.S. casualties. Abu Ibrahim al-Hashimi al-Qureshi blew himself up during the U.S. Special Forces operation in Syria. Millions remain in the icy grip of a major winter storm that spans from the Canadian border almost all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. The storm system has also led to tornadoes in parts of the south, with at least one death reported in Alabama. Thousands of flights have also been canceled or delayed. Spotify feels good about its response to the growing backlash aimed at Joe Rogan's podcast. That's what CEO Daniel Ek told CNBC Thursday. The streaming company recently published its content policies for the first time and announced it will add content advisories to any material with COVID-19 mentions. Ek said the company has done what was requested by the group of medical professionals who recently called on Spotify to take action against Rogan's podcast for presenting what they called misinformation. Musicians such as Neil Young and Joni Mitchell have pulled their music from the platform recently in protest of Rogan's podcast. The jobs and employment numbers for January come out in the morning, and analysts are expecting dismal job creation. They forecast the economy added 30,000 jobs last month, down from 199,000 new jobs in December. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Five minutes after five o'clock on a Friday morning in Wax. Kind of a cold Friday morning, but hang in there. She'll be changing. Today, a high about 11. Chance of some scattered snow. I don't think they're calling for any kind of a real accumulations, but just be aware. But uh, there could be some out there today, especially if you are traveling. 21 tomorrow, cloudy skies, partly sunny Sunday and Monday in the 20s, and then partly sunny on Tuesday, high in the low 40s. Won't that feel good? Almost like I'm back in Hawaii. <laughs> About 30 degrees, 30, 40 degrees short of that, though. But right now, it's minus signs all across the area. 
minus 6 in Medford and Marshfield. Rice Lake, minus 5. Wausau, 8 below 0. Lacrosse, 3 below. Green Bay, 6 above. Madison, Sun Prairie, at 2 below. Milwaukee at 13, uh, 13 above 0 this morning. And here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls area this morning, uh, Pleasant, minus 5. I don't know. Was the wind blowing this morning? I, I didn't feel any wind. Did you get any out in the prairie down there at Osseo? <laughs> no, I didn't feel any wind out there. All right. So it uh, shouldn't be too windy out there. But again, bundle up. Five below zero right now. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wisconsin winters are a polarizing experience. You either love them or you want to leave them. Be sure to enter the Rural Mutual Insurance Love It or Leave It sweepstakes, where each week you can win prizes by voting for the things you love and dread about winter. Visit us at RuralMutual.com to vote. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, if I'm going to vote what I don't like about winter, uh, what am I going to vote? I hate the ice when we get the temperatures that are giving us ice and sleet, and I don't like the wind when it gets this cold. What are you voting for? rains on my round bales and then i gotta peel off the net wrap yep, and then i get go. little bullets coming at me yep. rain in the winter time is not a good thing as long as it's going to be cold let it be snow so that's our vote as far as what we don't like about winter well what do we like about the markets give us an update on the cash livestock jill all right here's our 131 to 143 with mixed at 113 to 130 choice fed beef heifers are 129 to 143 with mixed coming in at 79 to 128 Choice fed Holstein steers are 110 to 126 and a half with selects at 80 to 109. Cows are 44 to 68 with a top of 82 and a half. Bulls are 70 to 103. Butcher hogs are 44 to 59. Sows are coming in at 45 to 51 with boars at 15 to 20. New crop market lambs are one, are 220 to 265 with old crop market lambs at 215 and down. Feeder lambs are 230 to 375. At the Mercantile Exchange, looking at livestock mostly lower. In fact, uh, pretty much lower all across the board yesterday at the close. April live cattle, 146.75, down 15. June down a dime at 141.52. And August down 30 at 139.87. Feeder cattle, again, lower. March closed, 166.72, down 15. April at 171.80, down 2. May at 175.62, down 12. August, 185.12, that was down a nickel. And September at 186.87, down 15. Lean hog carcass contracts. February closed, 86.45, down 90 cents. April at 98.37, down 75. May at 102.20, down 85. And June lean hogs at 108.20, Closing 72 cents lower. And on the board of trade, we see uh, corn was lower yesterday in the day trade after China canceled a 15 million bushel order of corn. And uh, soybeans were a little lower yesterday, but uh, some uncertainty over South American crop conditions and a little unrest over what's going on in the Ukraine. So some uncertainty around the world affecting these markets. But overnight, uh, rebounded as the markets were higher overnight. March corn overnight, up four to five cents this morning, sitting at 621. 
Oats up two cents at seven thirty a bushel. March wheat up three at seven fifty five. The soybeans for March up eight to nine cents, sitting at fifteen fifty three this morning. And the March meal up a dollar seventy a ton at four hundred thirty eight dollars and eighty cents. Dairy markets were mixed. Barrel cheese up a cent and a quarter, one eighty five and a quarter. The blocks unchanged one eighty eight. Butter unchanged two forty five and a quarter. Class three February. 2045, that was up 14, and then prices went the other direction. March class 3 down 20 at 21.31. We've got April down 21 cents at 21.39. May down 19 at 21.30. June down 17 at 21.22. As the market trended mostly lower out through the end of 2022. And again, that's a look at our markets, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. And again, uh, get online, tell them what you don't like about winter. <laughs> A lot of things, LP prices, gas prices, and uh, and some of the weather effects also not making us happy. And, of course, uh, makes me the most unhappy about winter is that uh, I'm here and I'm not back in Hawaii. <laughs> but that'll happen. We're leaving on our Hawaiian farm tour here on Valentine's Day, so we're looking forward to that. So there's always uh, something rosy around the corner. 11 minutes after 5 here at Wax. Again, it's 5 below right now, but we'll get about 11 above we got 14 and a half minutes after 5 o'clock. Again, FFA speaking contests are underway. District contests have pretty well all been handled. Looking to the sectionals, and uh, we got some of the results, especially from Section 1. We'll take a look at. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, let's go to Section 1, which is northwest Wisconsin. We gave you the District 1 results yesterday, and Katie Zimmer from Flambeau High School is the sectional officer in Section 1, and uh, she sent these results to us. Now, the sectional contest, where all these young people we're going to tell you about today, will be at Flambeau on March 29th. So we still have District 2 and District 3 winners. And, Jill, who are they and where are they from? So the middle school quiz bowl. First place was Amory FFA. Creed speaking. First place was Lila Stone. Second was Olivia Cunningham from Osceola FFA. Prepared public speaking. First place was Emma Mullen from Unity FFA. Second, Jack Nelson from Osceola FFA. Discussion meet. First place, Jonathan Lorse. Lorsung from Amory FFA. Second place, Kirsten Katz from Clear Lake FFA. Parliamentary procedure. First place was Clear Lake. Second place was Amory. Employment skills. First place, Courtney Glenna from Amory. Second place, Natasha Reed from Unity. Extemporaneous speaking. First place was Courtney Glenna from Amory FFA. And second place, Jonathan Lorsung from Amory FFA. Now, that was in District 2 of Section 1, District 3 of Section 1. What happened? That one took place in Lake Holcomb. So, Middle School Quiz Bowl. First place was Bloomer FFA, Team 1. Second place was Bruce FFA. Creed speaking, first place was Drew Schnapps from Barron FFA. Second place, Nevea Schindler from Bloomer. Prepared speaking, first place was Adeline Frank from Bloomer FFA. Second place was James Mayer from Rice Lake. Discussion meet. First place, Michaela Wabel from Barron. And second place, Lila Baker from Bruce FFA. Parliamentary procedure. Bloomer FFA was first place. Employment skills. Isabella Listel from Barron FFA. Second place, Greta Sheps from Barron FFA. And extemporaneous speaking. 
First place was Brooke Wittrick from Bloomer FFA, and second place, Michaela Wabel from Barron FFA. All right, and they'll all be at Flambeau High School on March 29th for the sectional competition. Good luck! Almost 18 minutes after 5, we've got some farm news to take a look at. We'll do that next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, let's get a little farm news this morning. Jill, what's going on? All right, so the official Class 3, the official January Class 3 milk price came out earlier this week at $20.38 a hundred. That's up $2.02 from the December price and is also $4.34 higher than last January's Class 3 milk price of $16.04 a hundred. For 2020, the Class 3 average price was $17.08, and that was down $1.06 from 2020, average of eighteen sixteen. So far in 2022, the U.S. dairy industry can claim a couple of victories. First came the decision that Canada was acting in bad faith by illegally using dairy quotas to limit the U.S. dairy market from having full access to the Canadian market as called for in the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Free Trade Agreement. Now a second judicial ruling in America's favor states that Gruyere cheese is a generic style of cheese that can come from anywhere. That means that cheesemakers from anywhere, not just France and Switzerland, can make the cheese and call it Gruyere. Food industry observers say that Court decision is a good sign for producers of products like Parmesan, Bologna, and Chateau to be able to continue to use those names. Geographical indicators that the Europeans claim are so important and Codex, if you make it the same way in France and Switzerland and the U.S., there's no reason you shouldn't be able to call it by those names. So, again, favorable rulings. And we've got more to talk about. Uh, we're going to get uh, an update on the uh, Dairy Innovation Hub around the state next here on wax for those who work in acres not in hours wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report one thing wisconsin has access to is the dairy innovation hub that helps to continue research and improving our dairy industry here in the state of wisconsin Aaron Zimmerman here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And Taylor, you had the chance to talk with someone to find out some of the things going on with the Dairy Innovation Hub right now. Yeah, I'm Taylor Schaefer from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I had a chance to talk with Heather White, who's the faculty director for the Dairy Innovation Hub. She talked to me about their four key research areas, how these areas drive research and innovation at three Wisconsin college campuses, and what milestones the hub will reach in 2022. So funding for projects uh, within the Dairy Innovation Hub are across a few different types and across four priority areas. And within each of the calls, we have a nice balance of projects across those priority areas that range from focusing on animal health and welfare. Some of those projects might be uh, influencing hypocalcemia in transition dairy cows or on calf welfare, moving into human health and nutrition. Those projects look at consumer reasons for choosing the dairy or non-dairy products that they do, all the way uh, to the health impacts of products, such as using protein isolates from milk to encourage weight loss and bone mass uh, gain in postmenopausal women, and even the hypotensive characteristics of certain cheeses. So a lot of research in those areas. The other priority area is stewarding land and water resources. We have several projects looking at nutrient runoff and water runoff from farms. 
uh, and also different ways to mitigate that through creating uses or creating secondary fates for the nutrients found in manure or feces. The farm businesses and communities projects are a little bit different by nature. A lot of those projects are more social science, and some of those look at supply chains and look at how to strengthen businesses through uh, diversifying the income streams on farm. And Heather, on top of being the faculty director for the Innovation Hub, you are also a faculty member for the University of Wisconsin-Madison. What does your research look like there? So by training, I'm a nutritional physiologist, so a lot of my projects focus on the transition to lactation period and the metabolic challenges that occur during that period, and most importantly, how we can use nutrition to mitigate those. So we do a lot of research with rumen-protected choline. We do research with other uh, gluconeogenic precursors, so things or nutrients that we can feed that help the cow make the glucose to support milk production uh, with a little less challenge metabolically. Um, We also do some work collaborating with the vet school and uh, within our own group that allows us to predict the cows or identify the cows that will have metabolic disorders so that they can be identified and treated preemptively instead of waiting for the disease to manifest uh, or the disorder to manifest. So a lot of that research is work that I've done. And just like all the newly hub-funded faculty members and the other faculty on the three campuses, Our research uh, will start sometimes from a really small idea and grow and in an ideal world results in federal funding that we bring in and that's more research dollars uh, to campus and to the state. And so that's a really important part of building a research program. And the hub is fairly new. It was first introduced in 2019, but what does your timeline look like? Are there any research projects that have already been introduced on farm? So research is much more of a marathon than a sprint, if we want to think of it that way. From the time an idea is conceived, and then you seek out funding for that, whether that's internal funding through mechanisms like the Dairy Innovation Hub or external funding mechanisms like USDA, you have to take time to write the proposal, to build the project, and then once you receive funding, to plan out the project, execute it, analyze the data, and come back. So even within the just over two years that the Dairy Innovation Hub has been around, we've seen some of these projects go from conception through execution. We've seen 26 publications and three patents that are now pending and research projects uh, that are presented research out to the end user. Some of these within the near future will be things that are adopted and implemented on dairy farms or within cheese processing plants or out in the community with human nutrition. So it's, uh, it's encouraging to see projects that are progressing quickly and will be bringing solutions to farm in the near future. The other way we're seeing progress is on our research farms. For Madison, that's the Dairy Cattle Center on campus, or Arlington uh, with Blaine Emmons Dairy Research Facility at River Falls and Platteville, the same is true, where we're getting undergraduate and graduate students involved in the research. So they're learning things that augment what they're learning in the classroom. They're a part of these research projects, so they know what the next solution coming down the pipeline is. One of our outputs that we often forget is the output of professional development for students and that they're learning through doing. And when they go out into the dairy industry, they'll have all of that new knowledge and the ability to think critically through that. So that's an outcome we're seeing as well. And I know the pandemic hit right after the hub began. So how did you manage that transition? Obviously, when the campuses shut down and went full remote, we had to do the same. Um, Our program manager, Maria Walt, and myself proceeded to work remotely just as everyone else did. 
Fortunately for us, the things that we were doing at that point, we were able to do virtually. And as the world learned how to have remote meetings, we presented to all of our audiences via Zoom, just like everyone else did. Uh, and so we were able to meet all of our anticipated deadlines or our target goals, which was really uh really an accomplishment during the COVID shutdown. Research projects did get paused on campus if they hadn't yet started. Uh, and that was an important thing to note for all of the researchers across Madison campus, River Falls and Platteville, is that there was a mandated pause in our research. What we saw was researchers, myself included, used that time to write research that uh, we had kind of in the pipeline already. They used uh, that time to analyze preliminary data and inform their projects so that they were better set up for when we could start research again. So we saw a lot of productive uses of the time. And overall, uh, the researchers were able to stay on their timelines with their projects that were hub funded as well. We did see some challenges getting new people to campus. Sometimes there were three or six month delays uh, to actually get a person you were trying to hire here. But overall, now looking back, uh, researchers were really good about still getting their, their projects done and we're seeing a lot of outcomes from those early funded projects. And again, that's the uh, dairy hub, the uh, dairy innovation hub around the state, which Platteville and and uh, UW River Falls and Madison are all involved in uh, quite a quite a program, and we've got to get over to River Falls and get an update on what's going on over there. So some good things are happening, and uh, we've got uh, news to take a look at. More calendar events. We're going to get Morgan in here in just a couple of minutes. But uh, Joe, we were speculating yesterday. I was talking to some folks about uh, what's the update on. World Dairy Expo because the general manager is resigning. Have they hired a new one yet? And they said, no, not yet. Got in this morning and we've got a, an email that tells us what's going on. Yeah, the World Dairy Expo announced that Laura Hirschleib of DeForest, Wisconsin, is the next general manager. She is the former member of the Badger Dairy Club, spent five years at the Dairy Cattle Show Manager in the late 2000s, and in 2018, returned to the team as the market marketing manager. Most recently, she has shared her enthusiasm for Expo while assisting with projects related to education in initiatives, attendee services, and the trade show. Beyond her time at World Dairy Expo, Hirschleib has held roles at Altec and Compere Financial. So a new manager, general manager for World Dairy Expo has been hired, and I'm sure we'll get a chance to visit with her before very long. In fact, we're going to visit now. Morgan's going to join us next with the news, and here's one of those places where that geographical indicator came a cli- uh, became a, well, a concern. Gouda cheese. We've got some of the best Gouda made in the world right here, and they wanted to try and stop us. Hopefully that won't happen. We're talking about Marika Gouda, of course. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's get in the newsroom. The voice of Marika Gouda, who knows good wine, knows good cheese. That is, of course, our own Morgan McCarthy from beautiful downtown Boyceville. You know, I took a bunch of Gouda with me or Howda. You talk to Marika, it's, it's Howda. Mm-hmm. It's not Gouda, it's Howda. 
took a bunch of that over to Hawaii with me and shared it with people. Oh man, they were they were in heaven. Probably sad that. to see you go if you well, come there with those uh, kind of gifts. I couldn't get them out. <laughs> you got any more of that cheese? It's the best. <laughs> it I'm really telling is. you, it, and uh, it is uh, wonderful all over. No matter where you serve it, the people love it. The other thing about there is if you've never been in Marika Gouda, somehow Alex always finds a way for it to be on the way. We could be going to Minnesota, but Marika's <laughs> always on the way, right? That's a good good way. That's yeah. a good route. But, and uh, they have some neat little uh, flare items from Dutch, from all of the Dutch flare items and desserts and things, oh, yeah, too. So when you're yeah. in there, it really is more than cheese, but you got to leave with some Gouda. Boy, that is for sure, with a lot of Gouda, a lot of Howda. What's, yes. What's going on? Well, with some 715 newsroom coverage, we're going to start with headlines that keep us in our area. Good morning. We have some more answers about the deaths in La Crosse that happened this week. Police say two people and a dog died in a murder-suicide. Investigators saying it looks like Jordan Garcia shot a girlfriend, then their dog, before taking his own life. Police saying he pulled the trigger on what would have been his 26th birthday. No more motives in that case. That investigation continues. On the state political stage, there was a stop in our area, or the Northwoods part of our area. Governor Tony Evers saying several election laws being fast-tracked by Republicans in the legislature are based on false claims that the 2020 election was fraudulent. Here's more from there. So to, to see our country and our state go through this uh, uh, kind of this madness about uh, uh, relitigating the last uh, election, and as a result of that, we end up suppressing the vote and making it more difficult for people to vote and having fewer people to vote. I think we've gone in the wrong direction. That was during a stop in Hayward Thursday. Evers said it's too early to say if he'd approve or veto specific bills, but will reject any that he thinks make it harder for eligible voters to participate. Well, there'll be a change of ownership coming for the Fleet Farm Distribution Center in Chippewa Falls. DHL Supply Chain, which currently operates the center, has informed the state it will be ending its service at the hub in Chippewa Falls by the end of March. Chippewa Falls Mayor saying Fleet Farm will then take over. We should say that the 70 people working at the warehouse will have a chance to stay with those jobs. Familiar name to our area, announcing over a million dollars on its way to the Wisconsin 3rd Congressional District, Ron Kind, saying that there's money coming through investments at the U.S. Department of Ag, and that'll be going to places and names you might recognize. Wisconsin Grass-Fed Beef Cooperative on the list, Westby Cooperative Creamy as well. Full list at 715newsroom.com. And a chicken is a new home after being the cause of a strange national security incident. Mark Mayfield clucks about it. The Animal Welfare League of Arlington recently responded to a call from the Pentagon about a chicken wandering near a security checkpoint. Organization staffers recovered the bird and will now send it to live in an animal sanctuary. The group quipped in a social media post about the unusual job by saying the answer to why did the chicken cross the road is apparently to get to the Pentagon. I'm Mark Mayfield. We do have word, though, that there was some foul language used from the chicken. You talk about chickens on the loose, you ought to be in Hawaii. Oh, yeah? They're all over the place. You know, they had storms, and all the chicken houses blew open and blew over. The chickens got away years ago, and, and they're all over, running wild. I they're, tell you what, yeah. though, Bob, that's not a problem that you have just in Hawaii. The chicks follow you everywhere, <laughs> whether you're on the island or here in the dairy nah, land. These are mostly roosters crowing about 4 o'clock in the morning. And over there, you sleep with the windows open, so you get woke up early. Well, you should hear what they say about you in the hen house. Oh, 
<laughs> Clucking all the time. Get out of here. I don't want to get involved in that. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. You betcha. Uh, all right. There goes Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom. Let's get over to the weather room over at Skywarn 13 and see what's going on. Mike Dandry is with us. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How you doing? Well, I'm doing well. Well, it's still cold, minus signs, but uh, hang in there. It's getting better. That is true. But before I dive into the forecast, i got to ask you a question, Bob, since Uh-oh. we're talking about roosters and chickens. Yeah. Uh, why should you always buy something from a chicken? <laughs> I don't know. Why should you always buy something from a chicken? Because everything's a buck, 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 buck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they can change the name of the dollar stores now to the chicken <laughs> stores. Everything's a buck. Yeah, there <laughs> buck, you go. Buck. Oh, well, now we know. <laughs> so yeah. don't give up your day job as a meteorologist to go into comedy. Yeah, no, because I'd be booed out of everywhere I go. But... Well, I don't know about that, but, uh, boy, this forecast for Tuesday won't get you booed out of many places. No, I mean, today might, but Tuesday definitely won't, especially for this time of year. But today, I mean, it's still going to be cold, but marginally warmer than yesterday for whatever that's worth. We'll have clouds hanging around and temperatures getting up to about the low teens for the most part. Later on tonight, clouds will clear out, and that'll open the door for some really cold temperatures once again, likely dipping uh, about 5 to 10 degrees below zero. Now, we'll have a couple chances of flakes uh, earlier this morning and uh, tomorrow morning as well, but otherwise we're just looking at mostly cloud cover. Uh, Tomorrow, highs getting up into about the mid-20s, though, and clouds hang around for your Saturday night, but temperature is only dipping to about the low teens above zero, so that'll be pretty nice. Sunday, we cool it down a little bit as clouds hang around. Temperatures holding steady around the mid-teens for the most part, dipping down to around zero for Sunday night. Then Monday, warming it back up to about the mid-20s for the most part with mostly sunny conditions. Right now, anything but warm, though. We're sitting at negative 5 degrees in Eau Claire. I'm Sky 13 meteorologist Mike Dandria. Well, if you want to get some good pictures on Tuesday, send the cameraman out to the lakes and the rivers for the ice fishermen to uh, be fishing, ice fishing in shorts. Oh, you better believe it. Like they're, <laughs> With the temperatures that we've had lately, thir- like upper 30s yep. is going to feel like summer. I was going to say, the ice isn't going away, but it'll feel good on Tuesday. Hey, thanks, Mike. Have a good weekend. Thanks. You too, Bob. There he goes. Mike Dandria over there at Skywarn 13 looking at our weather on wax. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Happy New Year to you and yours from the gang at Chippewa Valley Bean. Let's make 2022 a great year with a crop of dark red kidney beans. Kidney beans, you know, are a high-value crop with a great return on investment and a great addition to any rotation. Chippewa Valley Bean would like to work with you in 2022 to bring value to your operation with a crop of dark red kidney beans. If you want to talk about what Chippewa Valley Bean can do for you, give Ben, their agronomist, a call at 715-556-1930 or find them on the web at cvbean.com. That's cvbean.com. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Almost 22 minutes before 6 o'clock here at Wax. Glad to have you along as always. And before we get to markets and some of the other stuff, uh, quick look uh, calendar. We mentioned the uh, Corn Soy Conference. We'll wrap up today at the Dells. But then uh, again, the alumni, what's the status of that? Wisconsin FFA alumni? That is starting today and going into tomorrow at Rothschild. And we've got other things going on. This weekend, too, don't we, around the area? Some uh, fun things to do? 
Well, yeah, but first of all, we're going to talk about the Alice in Dairyland applications. They are due today. Oh, oh boy. So if you want to be at the next Alice in Dairyland, you need to be 21, have a driver's license, and get your application in today. And we want to keep the trend here in our area because Julia Nunes has been to Alice for the last two years because of COVID. So let's get some more young ladies from our area applying, and let's keep Alice where it belongs, right here in our area. What else? And the Central Wisconsin Farm Toy Show is going to happen on Sunday. That's an, from 9 o'clock to 3 at the Marshfield Senior High Fieldhouse. There's a little bit of admission, but you know, getting those kids out and looking at those farm toys again, that would just be a fun family event. Or get Grandpa and Grandma out, too, because Grandpa, in many cases, has a lot of farm toys. that do it for the weekend and... Yeah, that's pretty much for okay. the weekend. All right, good. So those are things coming up. And we do want to mention that we were down, and of course, we told you, the corn soy conference uh, yesterday and the pork producers and the uh, soybean yield contest. The best soybean grower in Wisconsin, gentleman named Ron Digman from Mount Hope down in Grant County. 107.19 bushels per acre. Wow, and he's also a pretty good corn grower. He raised 289 bushels an acre of corn, so he was third in the corn growers contest as well. So Ron Digman down there in Mount Hope in Grant County knows how to grow corn and soybeans. In District 3, the winner, that's over in eastern Wisconsin, Jim Salentine from Luxembourg, 97.57 bushels an acre. Closer to home in our area, in Division 2, first place, was Scott Peavy in Woodville and over in St. Croix County. We talked to Scott, and we'll uh, share that with you here in the next few days. But Scott over in Woodville's 98.34 bushels an acre with an Asgrove variety. Second place from Division Two, uh, Mike and Dean Wagner from down at Sparta, and uh, they grew 79.43 bushels an acre. In Division One, over in uh, northwest Wisconsin, up in our area, more, St. Croix Falls in Polk County. The winners, Jim and his son Josie Wilson finished one and two. Jim in one of his fields, 80.09 bushels an acre. And Josie, 76.15 bushels an acre. And again, I'm going to chastise you for not entering because I know I had other people in the area that I talked to that grew that much, especially the soybean quality contest. And I think he wins uh, $500 or something like that. Jim Salentine from over in Luxembourg, 3,085 pounds of protein plus uh, oil per acre with his variety. And he wins, I don't know, $500, or $1,000 for that. He was the only entry in the state of Wisconsin. So by not entering, you cost you an only $25 entry fee. So if you didn't get first, you could have got second. So, again, you know, guys and gals enter these yield contests because, again, for whatever reason, not a lot of people are entering them, and uh, there's money to be made. As far as the corn growers are concerned, the uh, champion corn grower, let's see who had the most. Southern Wisconsin, the late Scott Bergette from Gratiot, 322 bushels an acre. Right behind him, Kevin Barr from Darlington, 303.8 bushels an acre. Some of the other yields uh, closer to home over in central Wisconsin. In northern Wisconsin region, Jeff Laskowski from over at Plover, 290.65 bushels an acre. Then Barb Laskowski from Plover, 276.3. And then Ben Augustine from Sheldon was third, 
with 250.1 bushels an acre down in uh, oh, the Rock County Corn Growers. They've got an area all unto themselves. Nick Venable from Janesville, 259 bushels an acre. So congratulations to those corn growers and soybean growers here in Wisconsin. Also, the uh, National Corn Growers Yield Contest. We had some folks that uh, did very, very well in that. This is the national contest now. First place in no-till irrigated corn, Matt Heinz from over at Amherst, 245.7 bushels an acre. Second place, John Ruzica from Bancroft had 227.14 bushels an acre. And in the strip till, which includes minimum till, mulch till, and ridge till, and irrigated ground, first place, John Stashik from down at Holman, 250.69 bushels an acre. And in no-till, non-irrigated, second place, Steve Wilkins of Random Lake, 315.37 bushels an acre. Those guys were winners and gals in the national contest, so congratulations and uh, keep doing a good job. All right, where are we at? We've got about uh, 16 minutes before 6 o'clock. We've got some markets to look at, and uh, I don't know what else, but we're busy. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's quarter to six, and it's still five below zero. Let's hear what Jim Lindsay had to say from Equity L2 and up in his Thursday sale. Choice beef steers and heifers, dollar to $1.30. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, dollar to $1.25. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.15 to $1.22. Choice Holstein steers, $1.05 to $1.14. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.04 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from 66 to 75 with the top of 77. 60% of the cows sold from 49 to 65. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 48 and down. Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 80 to $1.05. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 79 and down. Cull bulls sold from 65 to 90. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to $140 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 100 to $240 per head. Our next special feeder sale is February 3rd, starting at noon. We are expecting two to 300 head of Feeders for that sale, there will be a lot of good six to 700 pound wean beef calves and a good assortment of Holstein steers. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to our upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get some more information from Equity on this Friday morning. But uh, Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Before we do that, though, Equity always gives out college scholarships. And, Jill, what are those, $1,250 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, $1,250. All right. And we've got a couple of students that uh, from our area that are receiving those. Who are they? District 5 recipient is Brenna Murray from Mosinee. She's going to be studying agriculture education at the University of Wisconsin-River Falls. And District 6 recipient is Grace Pica from Independence. All right, so congratulations to those young people. And, of course, thanks to Equity for giving $1,250 scholarships. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us now. Um, do you know any of those kids, either one of those kids? 
Oh, good morning to you, Bob and Jill. Yes, I do. Brenna is uh, doesn't live just too far from me here, so oh, she's very well deserving of it. And congratulations. And I was just thinking about someone you said uh, fifty dollars back when you were going to college. That kept you in college for about ten years, wasn't it, Bob? Or you know what tuition was when I started at the University of Wisconsin in Madison? You know how much I had to write a check for? Uh, I guess one hundred and fifty dollars. Isn't that something? And when I graduated, my last semester was $350, and I thought that was outrageous that I had to pay that much. But uh, it's good. So, Brenna, you taught her everything she knows, huh? Uh, No, we're not going to go that way, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) But congratulations, and it's nice, these organizations that will give scholarships, because it ain't cheap to go to college, as any parent will tell you. Hey, what's going on? Wrap up the week for us at Stratford. We better do that, too. Bob, again, I thank you and Jill, and very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Thursday. Last week here at Equity Stratford, we'll start at the market auction. Now, these are the conventional market cows. On yesterday's close, high-yielding cows selling from 65 to 75. Green top this week was $80. That was on those high-yielding beef cows. Um, mostly steady market this week on the cows, though. Most of the cows are selling between 50 and 65 the only cows below 50 are these thinner, light carcass, poor yielding cows. On the bull trade this week, your better quality bulls selling mostly from 80 to 95. We did top at the bulls at 101, lighter bulls below 75. Fed cattle also steady, choice grading Holstein steers, uh, mostly from a dollar to a dollar 14. High yielding choice, strictly prime Holsteins from 115 to 123. Select grading cattle below 95. Calf market also mostly steady this week. Uh, maybe a little bit weaker on the bull calves yesterday, but still pretty good demand. And buyers are very selective in this cold weather. Those good quality 95 to 130 pound bull calves are selling from 80 to 155 on yesterday's auction. And we did see bull calves earlier in the week up uh, 185. Calves, a uh, pretty sad story there. Not much demand at all. $20 and below. Beef calves, 150 up to 350 yesterday's auction. And just taking a look ahead next week a little bit here at Equity Stratford. Our next hay auction will be next Tuesday. We do have a consignment of large square bales of oat straw for that sale next week. Next feeder cattle sale will be next Wednesday at noon. And we invite you folks to um, our website. A lot of information on that, so check that out. Equity Co-op on the Stratford page. And also, uh, I want to mention Equity uh, throughout the state is planning on conducting annual meetings on a live basis this year, I guess, for lack of a better word. Uh, but you uh, on coming to have a meal, you have to register beforehand. So, again, you, folks, check that out on your website. Uh, our annual meeting over here at Stratford, I believe, is uh, toward the uh, March. I think it's, it's March 18th. Oh, goodness, I hope it's not on March 17th. But uh, <laughs> no, no, I think you, you won't be there because you got other things going on that day. Yeah, all right, so you can clarify that for the all folks right. uh, who are yeah, we'll not even know what March 17th is. You know, yep, it's, a, yep. it's, a, it's a national holiday. Thank you, Bob. Yep. <laughs> well, Bob, you and Jill have a nice weekend, and maybe when I talk to you on Monday, it'll be plus side on the temperature side. Oh, it's going to be on the plus side, that's for sure. Have a good weekend, Jer. You also. Thank you much. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over there at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn this morning. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Jill pulled out that list, which we have already got from uh, Equity Headquarters down at Baraboo when those uh, regional district meetings will be for uh, for the uh, Equity Sale Barns. What's the schedule? So for the Baron Altoona Markets, it's Monday, March 14th at 11 o'clock at Florian Gardens. 
for Sparta. It's Monday, March 14th. Again, at but that's at 7 o'clock in the evening. And mm-hmm. that is at Club 16. And for Stratford, they are on Friday, March 18th at 11 o'clock. So Jerry will be Where's able to it gonna make be? it. Country Air. All right, just uh, south of Stratford, or north of Stratford, rather. So, again, uh, those are the meetings coming up for the equity markets. All right, let's take a look at the the rest of the trade here. On the Board of Trade, uh, markets lower yesterday. Corn lower. China canceled a 15 million bushel order. And the soybeans uh, about a penny lower yesterday. Uncertainty over that South American crop and concern about what's going on over there in the Ukraine. But overnight, rebounded. March corn up four to five cents, six twenty-one. Oats up two at seven thirty. March soybeans up eight to nine cents at fifteen fifty-three. It was funny talking to soybean growers. I should be home selling soybeans right now. So again, they're recognizing these prices are pretty good. So eight to nine cents higher in the March beans, fifteen fifty-three. Soybean meal up a dollar seventy at four thirty-eight eighty, and wheat up three at seven fifty-five. Country elevator prices. Uh, we look at the DTN screen. Golden plump corn is at five sixty-two today down in Arcadia at Baldwin, Duran, Mondovi, Elmwood, and Fall Creek. So the corn is five sixty-three, soybeans fourteen ninety-five at Baldwin, Durand, and Elmwood fourteen eighty-five at Mondovi fourteen seventy-four at Fall Creek. Osseo five seventy-three on the corn fourteen eighty-five on the beans. ADM at Stevens Point soybeans fourteen seventy-four. Cash corn at Elk Mound five sixty-eight. Beans fourteen eighty. Down at Sparta five seventy-six and fourteen eighty-one. Over at Ellsworth corns five fifty. Beans fourteen seventy-three. At uh, Dimmer's Grain Service in the Holman, Buck Country in Arcadia, five sixty-five on the corn, fourteen eighty-eight on the beans. At uh, Wheaton Grain Service, Chippewa Falls, that elevator five sixty-seven on the corn, fourteen eighty-four on the beans. In the Connorsville location, five sixty-seven and fourteen eighty-one. Ethanol plants: Boyceville corn five ninety-one, Stanley five eighty-two, New Richmond five seventy-seven. Barrel cheese up a cent and a quarter, one eighty-five and a quarter. Blocks one eighty-eight, butter two forty-five and a quarter, both unchanged. February class three up fourteen at twenty forty-five. March down twenty at twenty-one thirty-one. April down twenty-one at twenty-one thirty-nine. May down nineteen at twenty-one thirty. June down seventeen twenty-one twenty-two. And again, warming up right now. It's kind of cold. It's five below, but by Tuesday. We're going to be in the 40s, so uh, enjoy it. Maybe a little scattered snow shower today, too, so be aware of that, but I don't think it should bother you too much. Wax 104.5!